Hey y'all, you are listening to The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now before I get started, I just want to send y'all a note of gratitude, lots of love, lots of hugs. Thank y'all so much for checking this show out. There are tens and thousands of podcasts in podcast land that you can listen to, but you choose to give me an hour of your time once a week, and I really appreciate that. I know there's listeners all over the globe, and that makes me so excited. Like People have been binge listening in Austin, Austin, Texas, here in the United States, Canada, South Africa, Japan, um, Europe. Even here in the States, like other cities in the States, like it makes me feel good to know that somebody out there feels it. So thank you guys for listening. Um, what has happened lately? I've been on hiatus for the past two weeks. I had a death in the family. My grandfather passed away. Loved him so much. And versus mourning and making a really super melancholy ass episode, I know he wouldn't want that. He wouldn't stand for that. So I decided to flip this episode into what death has taught me about living. Because I know all of us have to deal with death. Whether it's ourselves or whether it's people we love or our friends, whatever. We have to deal with this concept. And I think there's always something that can be learned once you dry your tears. So once I dried my tears, I wondered about some lessons that were really important that I've seen people I love go through or that I've learned directly. And I just wanted to share with y'all. I mean, hopefully I can help someone that's maybe grieving or finds this time of year hard. You know, that finds this time of year hard. Maybe I can find them some kind of um, solace or maybe they can kind of get pointed in the direction to find some peace. Um, it's it's kind of hard to get when you, you miss the people you love. But at the end of the day, energy doesn't die. I believe it doesn't die. I think it transforms. And I know a lot of people out there might feel the same way. But um, before I get started, I did want to send a super huge note of gratitude to the Village Market Atlanta and Dr. Key Hallman. Thank you so much for having me as a speaker and having me do my very first speaking event with y'all. It was super dope. It was more than just a market of businesses that were coming together in our community. It was basically... It was like a family affair. It was like a tribal like gathering. It felt like a sense of belonging. And I think that's, I mean, energetically, that's that's most important to me. Anybody can speak anywhere, but it's about really bonding with people and really connecting and really forging bonds, like forging, you know, genuine, like building genuine bridges with folks. I know a lot of times people say, let's build and don't build shit. And I think that sucks. And I think that's very cliche nowadays to just kind of act like you care, but don't put forth no effort. But these people really decide to make moves to not only promote their businesses, get out here, do their thing, get out there with the people, shake some hands and really connect with folks. And that made me happy as well as the speakers. I saw Tierra Goes Green. I love me some Tierra Goes Green, y'all. I love I love Tierra. She has an awesome spirit, awesome brand about, you know, being green. But it's more than just being green with your products. It's about your personality. I highly suggest y'all check Tierra Goes Green out. For those who do not know how to spell Tierra, because some people spell Tierra differently, I understand. It's T-I-E-R-R-A. Also, Ecliptic Kombucha. My favorite kombucha was there. I had to go buy from her. Uh, King's Apron, Chef Zoo and Serotonin, they were there with their um their walnut meat nachos and jerk brazil salad super good and also chef gully with the bomb ethiopian food she is beautiful beautiful and she can cook oh my goodness that food was amazing and then um well done raw with the raw vegan food amazing as well and then tiara has some products for um 
pain. Like she has a um, pain potion that's good for aches and bruises and sore muscles as well as some good moisturizer. I'm smelling scrumptious right now as we speak. So um, I definitely enjoyed myself as well as, again, speaking and looking at the different, um, the different, I think there was a, there was an African uh, drum. It was an African, actually an African dance team. It was like a dance company, but they also drum. It was really dope. So I thought that was awesome too. Um, I actually had to get ready for my talk while they were going on. But what I from what I could see, I definitely thought it was dope. So I also have a listener submitted question. He wanted me to um, give him some advice about energy leeches and energy leeches that you happen to be in a relationship with. So I thought his question was so interesting. I wanted to include it on this week's episode. So you'll hear that after we're done. And um, a lot of you will hit me up about Mercury retrograde in this full moon in Gemini that's coming up this Saturday, which is the 3rd of December. Now, I don't know if some of y'all have been following me from the very beginning, but in the beginning, I used to do these posts about the upcoming retrograde as well as the new moons and the full moons. And the reason why I stopped this is because the more I got into studying astrology on a very, very serious level, the more I realized that it's really hard to tell you how something's going to affect you unless you have your chart done. So everyone has different um, planets that the um, that were in these particular houses of experience in our chart. So for me to try to tell you how it's going to affect you, it wouldn't necessarily help if I didn't know where exactly it was in your chart, what exact course of experience you're going to go through. So I highly tell people, if you really just want to get down and get a specialized you know, a specialized um, understanding, I would highly suggest you get your chart done and then look at how the planets are once it hits retrograde and see where it lines up against your chart. I, I mean, I could explain this more, but it's in episode two. I really don't want to take up all the time, but it's in Sagittarius. So the way I look at it is if retrograde energy is directed inward and Sag is expansive and higher thinking and dealing with philosophical and long distance travel, I'm taking this as Think about how you communicate with people and think about the place that it comes from. Is it something about how you process and communicate and how you analyze things that could be upgraded or can be a little bit more explorative or expansive? Um, is there something that you want to expand your thinking on in terms of maybe metaphysics, religion, or other forms of spirituality that, that you might want to um, elevate to? I think the way I look at Sagittarius, Sagittarius is like the door, the explorer of the Zodiac. They're always looking to find ways to level up and go on new adventures and journeys. And I think with the Mercury and retrograde, I think that's kind of what it represents to me in terms of how you communicate. And like I said, process and analyze your thoughts. Are you low level or are you trying to get on a higher level? So that's how I'm looking at this retrograde. But again, I know where it is in my chart, so I kind of have an idea of how I'm going to move with it. Again, it starts on the 3rd through the 22nd. Some people are saying the 2nd. I think when those dates are a little funny between one day, the 2nd and the 3rd, I think it just means that it depends on where your location is when that Mercury comes around in Sagittarius. Also, the full moon is in Gemini. Like I said, it's, you know, know your chart and know where these things fall in your chart so you know where exactly they are. But I look at the full moon, well, some other people do too, um, those who follow the moon cycles when it comes to manifesting and things like that but the full moon usually represents celebrating as well as shedding what works for you and what doesn't and I think with those polarities full moon being a Gemini is perfect because the Gemini sign is about polarity 
It's about being able to analyze and be social yet intellectual. And, you know, there's a negative and a positive. There's a light and a dark. So there's different things that you have to acknowledge about yourself emotionally. That's what the moon represents, your emotional side, your deepest feelings, your thoughts. It's basically who you cry to when you're alone. That was the way I was taught. Not saying that you physically cry, but it's like when there's nobody around, that's who you are. That's who, that's really essentially the, the core of who you are emotionally. So that's just something to keep in mind with the full moon coming up. You know, again, dealing with the emotions. Really sit and reflect as Mercury will be in retrograde. Another time of reflection. What works and what doesn't? And go ahead and go to both sides of those playing fields and really dig and figure out what does and what doesn't. Some people are going to follow, you know, the full moon ceremonies and do what they want to do and cut ties during retrograde. Some are completely against it, but it's up to you to find out what works best for you. Normally, the rule of thumb um, is to not cut cords and to not, you know, make moves. For me, um, I already know, like I said, where things are in my chart. So I kind of have my own plans. But again, it's not about following everyone else's plans. It's about having the confidence and empowering yourself to do what works for you. So that's just something to keep in mind. Those are two tiny little tidbits about Mercury and retrograde as well. in Sagittarius, as well as the full moon in Gemini. But moving along, today's episode will be about what death has taught me about living. And I have five lessons that I want to share with y'all. And they may seem basic, but when you really sit and think about it, we always like to listen to stuff, but I don't know if we really follow it. So maybe this will hopefully, um, maybe this will inspire you to kind of reassess how you've been approaching certain things. And if you actually are listening to comprehend and apply, or are you just listening just to listen um, when it comes to some of the lessons we've learned? Like, for instance, lesson number one is life is too short. Life is entirely too short. And I know we've heard that a lot, but think about it. For example, my grandfather was 84 and my grandfather was, I mean, he was essentially ready to go. He had lived a very full life. He was able to see, you know, three generations, you know, come from him and my grandmother. And he felt that he did everything that he came on earth to do. Everybody is not able to say that. Think about this. And I hate to put this and I don't want you guys thinking I'm being negative, but let's say you had to make a choice to leave today. Can you honestly say that you lived the life that you wanted to live? Think about that. I know I couldn't. I couldn't. I would be happy with the effort I gave if I had to go today. But I wouldn't be able to say that I accomplished everything I wanted to. So, you know, I'm saying that to say that life is truly too short to be wasting your time on dumbass shit. That's what I'm saying. Life is too short to waste your time doing dumbass shit or shit that you know that you want to do but you're too scared to do it's shot shooting season y'all like shoot your shot why not the worst that can happen is that someone tells you no but you know at the end of the day that you gave yourself the opportunity to go for it anyway it's no point of living life unfulfilled we out here some of us are working nine to fives miserable Knowing we have passions and things like that, but we're scared to leave because of the security. We're scared to leave because of what our family has said. Keep a job. Do this. Do that. But they don't live your life. They're not the ones that's working your 830 to 4 mad as hell because you know that you need to be somewhere else making more of an impact or doing something that makes you happy. So when I say life is too short, think about the things you waste your time on. Do you waste your time on dumbass shit? Do you give your energy to people and to things and that you know don't require it 
Why? Do you not give enough energy to things that you want to do in life? Your goals, your hopes, your aspiration, your family, even yourself? Do you take proper time to take care of yourself? And if you don't, assess that. Like I said, shit, Mercury Retrograde is coming on Saturday. You got three weeks to in, to be as reflective as you possibly want to be. So just think about that. Jot it down. Things that I like to do, things that I do, things that I don't like to do. Why do I do these things? What do I ultimately want to do? And start crossing off stuff that applies. And then if things that, you know, if you want to do things and you're not doing them, really make a plan to get the shit done. It's as simple as you saying, I'm going to do this and then putting forth one step. One step is better than no steps. So some of us will say, oh, it's too hard. Oh, I can't. Oh, well, I don't know. You don't know because you haven't tried. You haven't given an effort. You can't because you're scared of whatever it is that's going on. You're scared of rejection or scared of success even. You can. The choice is yours. So life is too short to waste your time on dumb ass shit. So don't. Second lesson I learned. Yo, mortality is real, bro. It's a reality that we need to face. Physical mortality. Yes, energy never dies. Energy transforms. But I think we still, some of us struggle myself included, with the physical shell being gone. Like, for me, I had an energetic connection with my granddad, but knowing that I can't hold his hand anymore or kiss his cheek anymore or give him a hug, that started to bother me towards the end. And um, I think when we when people die, I think all of us are in such a shock when people die and we kind of cry, but I think sometimes we cry about our own mortality as well. I know it's about mortality of that person and how we understand they're no longer here. But I think it reminds us that, yo, we're all going to leave too. And for those who have not quite made peace with that, I highly suggest that you start doing so. Because this is all a part of the cycle of life. We live, we learn, we grow, we die. We come out, we do it again. Some people say it happens once. Some people believe in one life. Some people believe in reincarnations in various ways and subjects and, and animals and all sorts of stuff. Whatever your belief system is, what we do know is that mortality is a thing amongst everything. Physical mortality, not energetic mortality. But if you haven't quite understood that death is a part of this cycle, um, physical death, I highly suggest that you make peace with that. And I know for some people it takes longer than others. For me, it takes a very, well, it took a very long time because I didn't grow up with a lot of death in my family. I heard about my grandmama going to funerals every Saturday almost, it seemed. So she understood it, but I didn't. So I took the concept of physical absence very, very tough. And if for those who may need to talk to a therapist about it or a counselor or what have you, please do. Please get that understanding because once you realize that it is, it kind of it kind of makes I'm not gonna say it makes the concept of physical death um super easy to handle, but it's better to understand if that makes sense. So my next lesson is love your tribe. Y'all, we live in a society, and this is fucked up, but it's the truth. Our society is thirsty for blood. We stay on somebody's damn ass about something. We stay giving somebody shit about something. We always want to know about somebody's business. We always want to run people down and expose them. Whether it's true or not, our society likes blood. 
And then when we get the blood, we maul them. We tear them open. They bleed out. And then when they die, all of a sudden, we want to give them their flowers. It's like, damn, this person's been here this whole time. Where, what were you doing beforehand? I'll give you a good example. Some of y'all may agree, some of y'all may not. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson passed away. So into mixed opinions. Some people think he was one way, another group of people or another thought process may say that he's you know a legend and didn't do anything wrong whatever but what we do know is that all of a sudden he was super celebrated in death but he was made fun of so much he was wacko jacko for all of these years in tabloids he was you know vile and disgusting and a monster to some people but when he died all of a sudden this huge outpouring of love comes out and that and it's with every celebrity i know that a lot with celebrities people never care like that until you die all of a sudden all these fucking heartfelt tributes and and memories and memorials people want to do while when people are dead what were we doing while they were alive oh we were ignoring their texts we were flaking out on plans with them we were saying oh next time we weren't necessarily expressing our feelings about how much we may have loved them. But then when they're gone, we expect to clear our conscience and, and say all this shit. Not for them, but it's for us. We have to get that off as our way of grieving. But we could have easily said the same shit to these people that we say we love and we care about so much. So I'm saying love your tribe. Check in with your folks. You make time for the things that you want. I believe that. If you don't want to check in with them, please spare the super duper over extra ass memorial because this same shit could have been said to them while they were here. Like it really bothers me with how we do that. It's almost like we a day late and a dollar short when it comes to people passing away. It's like, damn, if only we could have had that one last moment. And sometimes these last moments are things that we could have done and just brushed it off as little shit, which, um, which brings me to my next lesson. Regret is a very, strong feeling for that reason and I know for me when it comes to death the deaths that I have um I've had trouble accepting in the past have been deaths with people that I felt I didn't get enough time with and maybe that stems from a place of regret because I didn't feel like I made enough uh memories or bonded enough or got to know this person enough or loved on them enough you know like even with um people I know there are people who are you know, beating themselves up because that one moment they could have seen their loved one before they passed, they didn't see them. And now they have to deal with the fact that the moment that was there to to connect that last time is gone and they can't get it back. So again, regret is a strong feeling. And my thing is if you want to brush somebody out that you love, you just never know. Everyone's time is not really, um, we don't know when we're going to pass. So if you want to take the time to do other shit versus be with somebody that you know cares about you or, or kick it with somebody that you love okay that's cool do your thing but understand that if it comes to a situation where they pass you have to deal with that that what if and that what if is a hard pill to swallow so that's just another thing that I'm learning with regret like it's nothing people say things hurt and there's a lot of things that hurt heartbreak hurts breaking your damn arm hurts but regret is a slow burn and that shit burns for a long time from what I'm learning um, from other people that I'm seeing. I know with my grandfather, I'm at peace with how my grandfather and I um, last saw each other. I was good. Um, but I know, like I said, other situations I've been in, it wasn't always that way. I had a friend who was on his way to his father's funeral and he died on the way 
to his father's funeral. And I was supposed to have called him uh, maybe three days before. And I said, no, nah, I'll just get to him later. I'm too busy. But I always wondered what would have happened if I called. So not saying it would have changed the events. I mean, you just never know. But I would have at least been able to say, you know, you know what? I was able to tell this person, yo, friend, I love you. I'm sorry for what you're going through. But I was thinking in my head, oh, I just called after the funeral. I don't want to be a burden. And I ignore my first mind. So when it comes to regret, you know, if you know you need to spend time with somebody and you know, like, immediately, yo, I should spend time. And then some some other thought comes in your head and says, nah, ignore that. Follow your first mind. Go see them. Go call them. Go text them. Do whatever it is that your first mind is telling you because your intuition will never steer you wrong. Never, ever. And support is a verb. I learned that from the village market this past weekend. Support is truly a verb. And I asked some of my friends and I said, is support a noun or support a verb? And technically, if you want to go by the English teacher definition, it's both. But um, some people say, oh, it's a it's a noun. You give support. And I said, okay. But the village market really showed me an action. Um, support is truly a verb, an action. It's more than just it being a thing. Support can be anything. And I'm, it could be financial. It could be free with your presence. It could be it could be virtually anything that puts support or should I say help elevate or bring awareness to what's going on. So with that being said, if y'all have people that are doing things that you care about, I have a lot of friends that are music music people. Like they love to you know, write, produce, they, you know, are, are in front of a microphone or, you know, or in front of a camera, like, you know, creatives. I have a lot of friends that are creatives and I try my best to support them as much as I can, because at the end of the day, that's their dream. That's something they want to do. Just like with businesses, they have, you know, small businesses, that's people taking care of their families. If I really believe in a product and what they're doing, I, I push the hell out of it. I don't know. Some of y'all probably seen me talking about ecliptic kombucha and you know king's apron and their food and how much i love it because i do because again support is a verb i could like a picture on instagram all day i could um you know click a link you know and and kind of view some stuff on youtube but i can also tell somebody about it i can put someone else on game i can you know put a couple of dollars towards somebody's business to someone's you know to someone's family I can do so many other things than just the bare minimum and I think our version of support is watered down in the social media age but a lot of things watered down with social media I mean even though it's an awesome tool to be connected to the world around us and to get education and entertainment I think it's also watered down the person-to-person connections and that includes showing up to events and um and, you know, supporting with our dollars, I think it makes us kind of lazy. And as a person who is a homebody, who has flaked out on a few events myself, I can say that. Some people say, oh, well, fuck it. I'll catch the stream on social media. Or, oh, I'll catch the video on social media. And just having a, your energy and your presence and your being there would mean so much to that person that's on stage, you know, in front of a microphone doing their first show, you know, or someone who needs extras for their movie that they're shooting or a short film that they're trying to eventually pitch or even, you know, your friend that's doing a small business at like, um, like on the AUC, the AUC, the Atlanta University Center, 
they have uh, First Fridays, no, Market Fridays, where they basically sell goods on Fridays at the university or at a at another event similar to Village Market where there's vendors that are needed. It would be awesome to show up and say, hey, you know what? I fuck with you. I'll take one of these. You know, like it just feels good. It, 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 like energy-wise, a person-to-person connection of knowing that this person supports what you're doing and have decided to go out of their way in terms of showing you, hey, verb, action word, I will buy. I will sing along to your song as you sing it to everyone in the crowd. I will, you know, tell everybody about your CD. I will take a picture with you and your CD or whatever you have or your poster or your picture or your product and tell my friends. Like, it's more than just, like I said, likes on Instagram and likes on, you know, retweets on Twitter and shit like that. I get it. But when it comes to support, it's more than just that. Y'all, don't be lazy. And I'm telling myself this as well. Maria, don't be lazy. There's other ways you can support, and it means physically doing things. Like, I know for me, I support a particular organization that I um, really want to, I low-key want to work for them, to be honest. But I love their community outreach. And every time I'm at an event, I see them there. And I like them so much to where I can either donate, support. Or I can either volunteer my time, support. So I think that I'm going to donate my time. I think that will make more of an impact. And that really feels better for me to say, hey, I really love this. I'm going to do what I can do to support this brand or this organization however I want to because it helps the community. So um, that's actually the uh, AIDS Foundation of Atlanta that I'm talking about. They are so dope. Oh, my goodness. I love the concept of the five-minute HIV test. It's amazing. I think I want to be I want to be like a tester and I want to be able to help people know their status because a lot of people are so scared. They don't know their statuses. But um, those tests make it really easy and it's quick and it's not scary. But those are just some lessons I've learned about living. And also another lesson I've learned is I love you. It's so much deeper than what we make it out to be. I think we're scared to some people that we love them because we don't want to imply some type of romantic or vulnerable um, state of ours. Like, we don't want to come off like a sucker. We're really good at hiding our emotions nowadays. We're all savages in this age. We all don't, you know, we're too, we don't catch feelings. We catch flights and shit. Like, no, you catch feelings because you're having a human experience like the rest of us in this bitch. So, come off of it. It's okay. Let the hurt go. We've all been there Feeling is an awesome, beautiful experience. And being vulnerable is just as beautiful. Being hurt is a part of the game, bro. It's going to happen. But being scared to tell someone that you care for them or you love them because of that is something that we really need to work through and let go. You never know, you know, how it means to somebody to know that you bring value to someone's life and, and that or that they bring value to your life. I think that, we again, it goes back to giving people flowers while they're here. Like, for instance, I had a friend I hadn't spoke to in 10 months. And we just, it wasn't no beef. We just drifted away. And um, they called me yesterday and said, hey, just want to let you know, you know, I thought about you and my spirit felt that I should reach out. And I just want to say that I, I love you. I love you. And I think that you're awesome, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought that was really cool because I already knew from the place and, and just the feeling of it. 
It wasn't meant to say, I want to have sex with you. I want to be in a relationship with you. You know, it wasn't coming from that place. It was saying, I respect who you are. I respect the value that you bring to people's lives. I respect the value that you can bring to my life. And for that, I love you. And I think that we should start thinking a little bit more abstractly when it comes to love because we're, we're sold a hella romantic package image of love. We're sold two people kissing and shit, flowers, roses, material items to show what love is. And it's so much more than that. I think personally, my version of love is I love you for bringing value to my life. Matter of fact, a good example is that, um, and this is what I mean about vulnerability and this and the soul death actually reminded me of this lesson and how I felt like maybe I did the right thing in a situation. But there was a friend of mine and I told him that I loved him. And I'm not sure if he thought it was a romantic connotation, but it wasn't. So when I asked him, I said, do you love me? He said, at this moment in time, I can't say that I do. And I know some of y'all might be like, oh, or like the price is right at the very end when you lose the game. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? Or wah, 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 you know, whatever it is. Um, But the way I looked at it is I was okay with that because I don't know if he knew it or not. But the way that I loved him was not about a romantic connection. It was the fact that this person taught me a really good lesson in being vulnerable and how it's okay so even if you may get hurt in the end, it's okay to be vulnerable. And it's okay regardless of the outcome. I think a lot of us are scared to be vulnerable and to tell people we love them because we're scared that we're not going to get love back. Like we can't love and not be loved back. And I think that's the cro- biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard because it goes back to an expectation. To love with an expectation is the sure way of being disappointed and getting yourself hurt you worry about this person not loving you like imagine if like you had this big ass dream house of expectations and they don't fit into none of them you just got this big old shoe for them to feel and they don't feel shit that's gonna hurt more than anything the sooner we detach from what perceptions of love is taught by other people or what our parents have showed us about what love is or what you know tv or reality tv or social media all these little like relationship goals as soon as we let those go and we decide on our own concept of love and what it means to us I think the better off we'll be when it comes to interpersonal connections dealing with people and how we quote unquote love them (laughs) but That was pretty much the lessons I learned very quick. Well, this was not quick at all, actually. I'm looking at this timer. Oh, I clearly overspoke. I didn't want to take you guys this time. I wanted to keep this relatively short, but we're already here. But before I end this episode, I have a listener-submitted question from a listener from London. One time for London in the house. My first listener-submitted question was from a listener across the pond. If that isn't dope, I don't know what is. But Chavoy from London asked me, how do you deal with energy leeches when you're in a relationship? How do you deal with that? I think he's dealing with a, from what his listener question said, um, he was dealing with a girlfriend who's a bit spoiled and a bit dishonest. And it just seems like every time they, you know, they get into a situation, 
to where he questions her and he drains her or she drains him. He just kind of wonders like, what is he doing? He's been with her for a couple of years and he's realizing some things about her that, um, there are like red flags when it comes to training energy. So my thing is you have to come to a point where when it comes to your energy, it's going to be you or them flat out. If someone is draining your energy and you, and you low key know this, What's more important, preserving yourself or that connection with that other person? You can't do both. We like to have this this fucking like balance and oh, I can do this and, and I can do get I can do both. No, you can't. When it comes to draining your energy, it's really important because when somebody is pouring or when you're pouring yourself into somebody else and that person is taking 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 and not pouring into you, what's 0% of 0? Not a damn thing. You won't have nothing left. Meanwhile, you're not even sure if that person would do the same for you because you don't know because all they're doing is draining your energy. So what's more important? How I preserve myself, how I'm able to navigate happily, healthy. Like, is that more important than your connection with your girl? Like, think about that. And even, honestly, I've had to think about that in relationships I've been in. And a couple of times I've chose the other person and I paid for it dearly. Loss of, you know, lost sense of identity, not having, you know, as much free time to do things that I want to do because I'm putting all of my effort into a relationship that is not really serving me or adding value to my life or even elevating me or, or giving me, you know, any real, um, doesn't really make me feel happy or feel like it's the right thing to do. You know, the ride or die situations, as I call them, everybody ain't got time to be riding or dying, bruh. Riding and, you know, ride or die, low-key kind of means suffering sometimes. And I think that you don't have to suffer in a situation that you know that you don't deserve. But, you know, you're free to make your own choice. But that's definitely a reality. Now, if you choose yourself, there's reality you might lose that situation. But I think it boils down to communication first and foremost. Chavoy mentioned in his question that, you know, his girlfriend or his uh, partner would say lies to other people in front of him and made him question her ability to be honest and truthful with him. And I think, again, that's a conversation that needs to be had. And I think the intuition will end up giving you the final answer as to what you can do. If you can sit down with this person and say, hey, I noticed you tell lies to other people while I'm around you. It makes me wonder if you have it in you to be truthful with me or do you tell lies to me as well? And honestly, read the energy of that conversation. And trust your first mind. If you know deep down in your heart that this person is not necessarily the most trustworthy, then roll with that. The intuition never lies. We like to try to like rationalize it and think it and overthink it and overanalyze when our when our gut, what our instinct tells us, that's usually the right the right thing to do. So that's what I would do when it comes to people that are deceitful or um, red flags. And to be honest. When it comes to red flags, um, there's only so many that I can put up personally before it's time for me to bounce. And I'll let this person know. Like, I like to be very communicative about what I like in a partner. And I would like for my partner to be the same way with me so we're not wasting each other's time. I normally like to do that in the beginning of any situation I'm in. But if you're in a situation where it's been two years and you may not have done that, I think it's okay to check in with your boo and be like, yo, like, let's have a sit down where are we right now like I got a homegirl she does a quarterly check-in with her man four times a year they do a check-in and they're like yo okay so how are you feeling okay how am I feeling 
Are we on the same page? Are we aligned with what we want out of this relationship? Are we moving forward together? Or are we growing apart separately? Like, are we in different directions? And I think that's completely fine. Every couple is going to have what works for them. But it, again, boils down to proper communication. So, again, just go back, talk to your girl. Let her know what's on your heart because if you let it sit there and fester, it's going to manifest into some kind of resentment anyway. Like, energy don't lie, bruh. Like, if you feel a certain way towards your girl and you don't really know you can trust her, eventually that's going to grow. And she's going to feel that. And it's going to manifest into other problems. So before it gets there, go ahead and talk to her. Get everything out on the table. Be honest with her emotionally. Be vulnerable. And and be clear in terms of how you feel. And trust your gut with that conversation. If you feel like she's giving you some bullshit, take that for what it is and make moves if you need to. Not going to tell you how to make moves because you'll know what's the best move for you. But understand that, you know, that energy don't lie. Words, mouths, they lie. But energy doesn't. So that is my advice for my homegirl question of the week. So um, that has been this week's episode. I'm super excited, y'all. My YouTube is live. Yes, finally. We got all the um, episodes or the interviews from the Veggie Connection in Smyrna. I'm super excited to be partnering with the Veggie Connection for next year, 2018. I will be covering their Veggie Connection nights in March, which is, I think it's March 18th. That's basically like a cool, dope-ass night event for um, people that are curious about plant-based diets or vegetarian or vegan diets. Um, But it's at night. So instead of turning up with liquor, we're going to turn up with some kombucha. And we'll be having DJ Jemai on the ones and twos. He's a really dope DJ. And I'm super glad that um, he's doing the event again as well. They also have events over in California. They have a Rancho Cucamonga event, I think, in June. I'll be there too. And then they'll come back to Atlanta in August, if I remember correctly. I'll be there too. So <laughs> I'll be covering the Benji Connection again, like I said, for the next year. But for those who missed this year's event, again, go to my YouTube at Spiritual Homegirl and look at some of the um, interviews that I did with some really notable plant-based people. I mean, we have Chef Dinky in the mix and Gray, the vegan rapper. All y'all know him. Thanksgiving just passed. The vegan Thanksgiving rapper, that's him. He's dope. And he also has um, a really dope EP that's out as well. Um, who else did we have at the event? We had Chef in Pearls. She's dope. She teaches you how to boil water if you don't know how to boil water. But she's adaptable. She does um, private chef uh, services for any kind of diet, whether it's pescatarian, vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, omnivore, um, herbivore, just everybody. Like she's adaptable, which I think is dope. We also had Life and Light Wellness with Sasha Campbell Garbutt. She's dope. She does like um, meal plans, detoxes, um, and she talks about holistic wellness. So she's a really good person to look at as well as Meditate Atlanta. They are actually the source of all things uh, mindfulness and calm and meditation out in um, Atlanta. But the reason why I'm mentioning them on this show is because there's a quote unquote Meditate Atlanta in every every city or if it's not you can start your own so I really want to bring different perspectives um to my YouTube about the different vendors that were there and how to get involved or how to create your own um platform that may be similar if it doesn't exist in your area so please feel free to subscribe to that I'll be doing my YouTube as well as this show so I'm not going nowhere so um for those who 
are new to the show, feel free to subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Radio Public, Player FM. And I think that is all of the platforms. I'm on a lot, so bear with me. I have to remind myself, <laughs> like, oh, you have, like, five things going on. I'm also on Twitter at Spirit Homegirl. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Spiritual Homegirl. So feel free to hit me up, drop a line, say what's happening. You got a question you want me to answer, I will definitely answer that for you. And I am just super grateful to be here. It has been a really good year. The year is not over yet, but it's been bomb as fuck. Like, it has. It's We went from 19 episodes to... 30, I think we're on 36, 37 right now. And it just feels good to just constantly grow and just be able to have different people and diverse perspectives for someone every week. That makes me so happy. It really does. And speaking of that, episode 19, part one and two, um, was Alexis K. Tyler about sexuality and spirituality. And it is her birthday today. It's a real one's birthday. Happy birthday, Alexis K. Tyler. Definitely one of my favorite interviews to do. And um, for those who have not heard her take, um, which is basically straight shot, like all gas, no brakes, straight like a shot of vodka to the throat. Like that's how her delivery is. It's very real, very raw, very uncut. For those who haven't heard that episode about spirituality and sexuality and vagina power, penis power, the whole um, the whole shebang, no pun intended. You can go ahead and check that out on episode 19. There are two parts and they are about an hour and a half long. So go ahead and get you a cup of tea and get comfortable. Okay, so that's about it, y'all. My name is Maria and I'm the Spiritual Homegirl. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. Peace.